Hey everybody, thanks for joining uh, Rhythm Church this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're watching this, from wherever you're watching. If you're at home, maybe you're in a coffee shop, I don't know, maybe uh, wherever you're at, in North County, San Diego. I know some of you guys in Washington are watching, so sh shout out to the Washington people. Uh, maybe you're in Europe somewhere, from the Netherlands. Greetings to you as well. As well. Um, hey, we are actually going to take a break. We've been in our garden series all about relationships. We're actually going to take a break for the next couple of weeks, and then we'll jump back in. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about having faith over fear. So faith over fear. And, and if you would please turn with me in your Bibles, especially everyone sitting at home, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter number four. Mark chapter number four. We're going to read verses 35 through 41. 35 through 41. Um, and, and as you guys are turning there, uh, we would love to know, like if you guys are having a watch party or something, maybe take a picture, do a story, do something, and then just put, you know, add us or link us or whatever at Rhythm Church, because that'd be great. It'd be cool to see what everyone is doing uh, today for church as we are all in our homes and not gathering together. But very soon, hopefully very soon, we can gather together again, except for we're gathering together. All right. Okay. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, if you're there, say amen. amen. Uh, if you're not, um, well, too bad. Here we go. Yeah, you can press pause for a moment, and then, then you can go back and press play. Okay, here we go. This is, uh, this is uh, a great story out of the book of Mark. It says this. It says that that day when evening came, he, being Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Now a furious squall came up. A furious, a furious squall. Furious, that's an interesting, like furious squall. I think it's kind of a, that'd be like a cool band name. <laughs> furious squall, don't you think? That'd be kind of cool. Who are you going to see tonight? Furious squall. They're playing, okay, never mind. If you use that as a band name, give me credit. Okay. This furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. And he said, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died and, the, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were, ter they were terrified and they asked each other, Who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. Um, we're just going to talk about uh, today in our Fear Over Faith series, well, two-week series, um, this idea of the other side, the other side. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we get to gather in our homes, that we get to gather in coffee shops, that really we get to be the church out in the community, not just in the four walls here. And, and so, Lord, we pray that you would invade every living space, every every space where we're meeting, that your spirit would be there, that your presence would be there, and that you would speak to us, God, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would speak to our minds, that you would convict us, that you would bring encouragement. But Lord, ultimately in this time, we just pray that you'd bring hope, that we would, that we would have hope in the midst of all of this. Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and we trust you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, <clears throat> so I, I grew up in this little town called Marysville, Washington. I moved up there when I was like 10 or so. And um, there, there was 
like during the summer, people would either go to this, the bigger lake, which was called Lake Goodwin, which was like kind of cool boats, all that stuff. Remember that big Lake Goodwin? Yeah. And then, but there was this other, uh, there was these other lakes called the Twin Lakes. Now the Twin Lakes were more like twin ponds. They weren't like, you know, they weren't like very big. Um, and they were actually pretty ghetto and a little bit nasty, but they were in, they were in riding my bike to it range, right? So me, me and my buddies would all hop on our bikes and, you know, sometimes we'd bring like big inner tubes that just float around in there and we'd get down to the Twin Lakes. Now Twin Lakes, again, um, I think at one time where they're just like cow pastures that they dug two giant holes in and then just filled it with water. It was, a type of, it was the type of lake that once you got out of, you had to make sure that you washed yourself because otherwise you'd get swimmer's itch. You guys know what swimmer's itch is? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. It's when you break out and you get like hives everywhere because the, the water is so nasty and filled with bacteria. Anyway, so we, we would go there. I promise this story has a point, <laughs> sort of. So we would go there and we'd hang out, me and all my buddies, like, you know, middle school, junior high age. And inevitably what would take place is somebody would be like, hey, do you think that we could swim all the way across this lake to the other side of it? And, you know, like all guys are competitive and when I look, well, heck yeah, I can, well, I can. So we all would eventually decide to like, get in and try to swim to the other side of the lake. We were decent swimmers, but it, a little bit scary, especially because like you would get out to the very middle of the lake and you would start to second guess yourself. Yeah. A couple of things that would happen. One is you would start to remember all the stories about what is supposed to be buried at the bottom of the lake would, would come to pass. So you're like, all of a sudden you're in the middle of thinking like, I'm, like bodies are going to be floating up and like weird, weird stuff is going to happen. And, and I won't get into all the other stuff they said about the lake, but, but we'd get there and there would almost be a little bit of panic, not because we were... Um, running out of energy, but just like all of a sudden fear would grip us yeah. and you, we would stop and you'd kind of wade water for a little bit. And it's like, can I, well, can I really make it all, all the way across? Can I really do this? And even though the fear was kind of unfounded, it was still very real and it felt very, very real. And we can find ourselves a lot of times in the middle, like current day situations where maybe sometimes our fear isn't founded, but it's still very real to us. And it causes us to react and to respond in different ways where if we just would have forgotten about it and kept swimming, we would have gotten to the other side faster. We would, have, we, would have, we would have been safe. We wouldn't have freaked out, but there was always that moment where we stopped and there was a little bit of panic there's a little bit of panic. Now, what, what we read here in Mark chapter four is the disciples are in a boat, they're with Jesus, and they're in the middle of the lake, um, and they have a very real fearful, panicky situation. And in, in for the Sea of Galilee, which is what they're on right now, it's not really a sea, it's just a, big, it's just a lake, uh, because of the geography of the place, storms could arise super fast because you have mountains on either sides, and, and what would happen is just, it was like a big wind tunnel. So wind would start to shoot through there, and this calm lake in a matter of minutes could become like a raging sea, a raging sea. And each of these guys, of course, they know it. They've been raised in this area. Um, some of them are fishermen. And so they know how real this can get and they know how crazy it can get. Uh, they've been in these boats plenty of times. They know that this could, they could sink. They're, like they, all the real dangers are coming into play for them at this moment while Jesus is just passed out in the front of the boat. I think Stern, Stern Front, I'm not a sailor, Stern Front. No, nobody knows here. Okay, whatever. We're not sailors. All right, sorry, guys. Somebody at home is right now going, the stern is... Okay, so... Um, it's the stern of the bow. Well, he's asleep in the stern. So, anyway, so he's asleep in the stern, and they're, they're, they're panicking. They're, there's a very real fear, because this storm kind of came out of nowhere. They weren't expecting it. 
kind of like where we're at today in life, where it just within a matter of, of weeks, literally weeks, all of a sudden we've got this major storm and chaos that we're in as, as a country, as a nation. We, we were watching it and it was ha taking place in China and all of a sudden now it's here. And it, even just within these last few days, like we're doing this as a church now because we were planning on having church. And then this report came out and then the governor said this, and then, you know, there's a state of emergency. So we had to, we had to scramble. We had to figure this out. We had to do this because we are, we're in the midst of chaos. And because of this, there's fear, there's fear. I think it's interesting that the disciples here are placing more fear in the storm than they are faith in the God that is with them. Just like a lot of, a lot of us, where we're placing more fear in the circumstances as opposed to placing faith in the God of our circumstances. And we're, we're fearful in all sorts of things. Right now, we're, we're, fear, we're, fearful, fear, fear, we're fearful of stuttering. We're fearful of, of, um, of the coronavirus. We don't, want to, we don't want to get that. We're fearful of right now finances, like as the stock market has plummeted. You know, people are, you know, scared for their retirement now. People are losing their jobs. There's fear in that. There's just fear of massive provision. There's fear just for our future in general. What's our country going to look like? There's fear that we're going to run out of toilet paper. And so, like, so everyone, and it's kind of, so to be completely honest, to be completely, because this whole time I've been like, toilet paper, oh my gosh, what is everyone? But I, the other day I came out of the bathroom and I go to my wife, I was like, babe, I think we might need, I, we might need to go get toilet paper. <laughs> and she's like, Jeff, we're fine. We got like a couple months. I'm like, okay. But it, was, it, all, it hit me. The fear hit me of like, what if, what if we run out of toilet paper? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but there's just, there's massive fear. But I think it's important for us to realize there's a difference between being drenched and being destroyed. There's a difference between being drenched and being destroyed. And right now, the disciples in this story, they're just drenched. They're wet. Right now, we're just, we're just drenched. We're not destroyed. Yeah. We're not destroyed. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9 says this, that we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are per perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Struck down and not destroyed. They're in a storm. They're not drowning. We're in a storm. We're not drowning. Um, but just, I, I think it's almost human nature that we tend to write, we write the end of the story before the story's, you know, written. Um, we're not the author of life. God is. So I think it's important that we allow him to write the end of the story. And we just simply hang with him as much as we can. Um, they're freaking out. We're freaking out. And, and they, they go to Jesus, who's sleeping, and they wake him, and there's this thing of like, do you even care? Like, God, do you even, do you even care? Because they, they have no control of the situation. Side note, our lack of control doesn't equate to his lack of care. He, he cares. God cares for us. He cares for us so deeply, so much, so profoundly. He loves us. He's got grace for us. He's got mercy for us. And just because the situation we're in doesn't mean that that has now gone away. 
at all. It just means that, again, when we get into situations where we can't control things, we start to think that God is maybe absent from us within it. Right. He's not. If God, look, if God is sleeping and God isn't freaking out, why would we freak out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, if God can sleep through the storm, can't can we be calm through it a little bit? Can't we chill a little bit? But what an honest prayer, though, that they pray. Do you even care? Do you even care? And it, it is a prayer, and he's, they're speaking to Jesus. Anytime you speak to Jesus, basically, you're, you're praying. But do you even care? What does caring look like? You know, like what, you know, ultimately it looks different, I think, to, you know, to each person. But, but what does caring look like? If, if Jesus was up with them, freaking out, trying to bail water, would that communicate care to them? You know, um, like, you know, today, if Jesus was, you know, walking the aisles of Target and loading his cart full of stuff, like, <laughs> would we go, wow, God's in this with us. Like, now we're okay. We've, we've got this. We're going we're gonna to yeah. be okay. Uh-huh. Or, or, or is it the simple fact that, again, if he's, if, if he's sleeping, if he's chilled throughout this thing, maybe, maybe we could be too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we should just chill a little. And I'm not saying, like, be dumb. Please don't. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, go, go buy your toilet paper. Go, you know, stock up on food if you need to. You know, I'm not saying, like, that in any way, shape, or form. But, but I think that the more that we freak out, it doesn't change things. Yeah. The more we worry, as it says in the Bible not to worry, the more we worry, it doesn't, doesn't change anything. Right. It doesn't change a thing. But I think the more that we can place faith in Jesus... We can say, you're God, you're in control, I'm not. You have the power, you have the ability, I'm going to rest in you. Um, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to trip out. It's going to be all good. But, because even if I, you know, it's like the whole Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thing. Like, the, you know, they get into the fire, and if they, they say God will deliver us, but even, as, even if he doesn't, he's still good. It's still going to be, you know, like, that's the thing. Even if we don't make it through this, God's still good. God's still on the throne. And we're still going to be all, in the very end of everything, we win. God's with us. God's for us, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, coronavirus can't be against us. If God is for right? Does that make sense? <clears throat> um, so he stands up. Jesus gets up. He doesn't even address the whole caring issue. He just stands up and he rebukes the wind and the waves and silences them. Everything goes calm. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And again, well, of course they're so afraid. Look at what it is they're facing they know, that they, can, they know that they can drown. They know that this is crazy. But why are you so afraid? Because ultimately, when we're with Christ, we're not supposed to be afraid. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and this, is, this verse is everywhere right now. The verse is all over the place, right? Um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I'm actually going to, oh, you know what? I'm going to read a couple of different, not a couple of different, but I'm going to read more than just that one verse. I'm going to go there. I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. And maybe a little bit more. Do what you want. Just let it flow. Just go. Perfect. We'll just... We'll just like. Okay, here we go. 
Um, I'll give you a second to turn there if, if you want. This is the verse that's everywhere right now. I put it in the email. I did, talked about it on our Insta story and all the different stuff. And every pastor everywhere is saying this. And, and I think sometimes when you hear something over and over again, it can start to lose its power, right. you know, because you get familiar with it. Familiarity breeds contempt. You're like, oh, okay. But this is, this is seriously one of the most powerful verses, particularly because now Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is his... He's like his son in the faith. He's raised him up. He's taught him how to be a pastor. He's done all that stuff. And Timothy is pastoring a church in Ephesus, and it's a massive church. It's a large church. Large church. It's actually, they say, um, it numbered anywhere between, they think, anywhere between fifteen to 35,000 people. And Timothy is a young man. He's in his early 30s. He's trying to figure this out. Um, he struggles with, uh, like, again, when you get into the whole character study of Timothy, you, you find out that more than likely he struggles with anxieties. Um, you know, he's got, you know, stomach issues and all these different things that for, for Timothy, is, he's trying to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so Paul writes to him a couple of different times in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And both of these letters are very, like, encouraging and like, come on, Timothy, you got this. So Timothy is a bit fearful in his situation. And Paul writes to him, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, or also sound mind. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Um, a, a couple of things to note here. Be this. Can, can we hear that? Okay, we're good. Okay, cool. Sorry, for those of you guys wondering just what happened, there's somebody weed whacking outside, and I was like, did this ruin the whole video? The whole message is done. We're starting over. Welcome. Okay. So, <clears throat> what, Paul, what Paul does for Timothy here is he, he's basically empowering him to stir up his faith, to stir up the gift of God, fan into flame the gift of God that is placed on you. Because again, in times of fear, we tend to clam up. Paul's reminding Timothy, yo, God has gifted you, still use that. Still use that gift. Now is, now is not the time, people, to stop being the church, to stop being you know, faith-filled, to stop using your gifts. Now is the time to lean into that gift more than ever before. Maybe you don't know what your gift is. Well, lean into praying and asking God, what is, my, what is my gift? How is it? If you have the gift of encouragement, my dear Lord, now is the time to use that gift of encouragement. If you have the gift of healing, now is the time to use that gift of healing, right? What, what, if you have the gift of hospitality, man, what an opportunity now to bring people into your home and make people feel welcomed and loved. Like, use your gift. Lean into that. Now is the time to lean into it and stir that up. Stir it up. Because when we... When we operate in our God-given gifts and abilities, it reminds us, again, who's in control. It reminds us that God is still there. God is with us. So stir up your faith, especially in times of uncertainty. And then in verse uh, 7 here, it's that it's the find strength in His Spirit. Find strength in His Spirit, the Spirit that is in you. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He didn't give us a spirit of timidity. He didn't give us a, a spirit that makes us shrink back. Yeah. 
but instead he gave us a spirit that's, that's full of love, full of power, and sound mind or, 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 or discipline, which means that we don't react in fear. We respond in faith. Mm-hmm. We don't react in fear. We, you know, there's a difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction is something that you just do naturally. A response is something you've, you've thought about. A response yeah. is something that like has required thought and like so you're going to respond, right? So we don't react in fear, we respond in faith, um, which means that we, with power, love, of course we respond in love, we respond with His power, and we respond with that sound mind, that self-discipline, right? Which means that we use wisdom, that we use action. That I'm, you know, so I'm not telling you guys to just go out there and just be faith-filled and stupid, you know, like, but but to be wise in the way that we operate, the way that we move, the way that we do things in these moments, right? Um, find strength in His Spirit. And then as, as we kind of read on there, Paul just continues to remind Timothy about Jesus. The whole thing. Remember, you're saved by grace. Remember, we get to suffer for His gospel. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. And it's, it, it's that thing of let's set our eyes on Jesus. Again, in this whole thing, let's set our eyes on Jesus and let's take our cues from Him. Let's take our cues from Him. What I mean, like, like again, li- yes, listen to the news. Listen to, you know, what's going on because we want to be wise, we want to be smart. But let's also lean in in prayer. Yeah. Let's lean in in prayer. Let's, let's maybe listen to what He might be saying to us as well. Because, I mean, it, like, I had a moment, was it thurs- Thursday morning? Was it thir- Thursday? Yeah, Thursday morning. <laughs> I looked at James because James uh, on staff, we were, trying, we were trying to figure this stuff out. But um, I woke up. Wednesday night, we had a whole plan, right? We had this whole plan of what we're going to do. Um, Thursday morning, I woke up and it was, yeah, it was Thursday because we had to cancel team night. Oh, that sucked. But Thursday morning, I woke up and there was text messages and there's emails and there's all these things. And like, I spent the first four hours of my day like immersed in you know, the world is going to end, like, you know, we're, we're all going to die, what's happening? And I, and I had to, like, stop, and I had to just spend time in prayer. Yes. And I had to get my right perspective back. Yeah. And then we had the whole team come over, and we prayed. And, the whole, and then we began to talk about what is it that we're going to do, how is it that we're going to respond to this, right? Yeah. Because there was that part of me that was like, I've just been so immersed in the junk of it all, I need that right perspective back. I need that right perspective back. And I only get right perspective when I focus on Jesus. That's that's where we get it. So Jesus says to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? In I think it's in Matthew's version, he says, um, you have little faith. And in Luke's version, or I might be mi- mixing them up. No, you're right. It says, okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it says, where is your faith? Mm-hmm. So Mark hears it as you've got no faith. Matthew hears it as, um, like, did you misplace your faith? Mm-hmm. And then Luke, and Luke when whoever he was interviewing, they heard it as... Um, you have little faith, which I, I think is, is interesting because you get right here, it's not, the Bible isn't contradicting itself right now. What, what you're hearing is that there's, again, because it's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through human authors who've written this, you're hearing a little bit of their different perspective of where they're coming from. And our response is all a little bit different from each other. 
and you can't expect somebody else to feel the way that you're feeling or to be afraid of the way you're afraid or, or you know what I'm saying? Like we, we all have a little bit of an individual bent on all this thing. But again, if we are all responding in fear, you, fear and faith don't exist together. Fear and faith don't exist together. It's like it's either have one that's kind of winning or the other that, that, that's winning within this. Um, but I, I think that it's interesting that Jesus says this to them, and then their, their fear then kind of flips into like a being terrified of him. It's not until after the storm that they see Jesus differently. Um, in, in the beginning, you read, it says, uh, uh, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. Just as he was. Then afterwards, they're going, who is this? Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this? There was a, a massive change in the way that they saw. Jesus didn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Bible says. Like he's, he's the same yesterday, and God doesn't change. But our perception of God changes. And our perception of God changes because of what we go through and how we rely on Him or don't rely on Him. Like, we don't see Jesus as healer until we need to be healed. We don't see Jesus as provider until we need provision. We don't see Jesus as comforter until we need comfort. It's these storms and these things that we, we go through that changes our perception of Him, where we get to know Him in deeper levels. And so I, it's almost like we need to thank the Lord for the storms. We need to thank the Lord for these times because we're going to get to know Him in deeper ways and more intimate ways than we would if everything was just happy-go-lucky in life. So whenever you're facing it, so whether it's this one that we're in right now or maybe something that you're going to go through in the future, know that it's an, always an opportunity for you to grow in your relationship and your depth and your knowledge and your love with Jesus. They get to the other side. They make it to the other side. The interesting thing about why they were going to the other side, it wasn't just because they wanted to go for a stroll in the lake in a storm. No, on the other side was a demon, it was a, a, a demon-possessed man that needed to be healed, that needed to be freed, that needed to experience grace. I wonder what's on the other side of the storm. Like, I wonder what's on the other side of this storm for our nation, for the church, for you, for your families. Like, what is on the other side of this? Like, what, what's God going to do? What's God going to take us through? Who on the other side of this are we going to meet? Who's going to be set free? Who's going to be loved? Like, like, we don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But I know that this storm can, can impact us in, in an incredible way. Mm-hmm. It can build our faith or it can build our fear. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I want to choose faith. Yeah. Yeah. I want to choose faith. As a community, as Rhythm Church, I want us to choose faith. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't want, we're not going to be dumb, <laughs> but I want us to choose faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that we don't need to be afraid. 
Father, we thank you that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. And God, I just pray right now for those of us in this room, those of us watching online, God, that you would just begin to calm fears. Lord, that you would begin to give us that sound mind, that we would find ourselves in a place of peace and a place of rest. And Lord, I pray right now for anybody out there watching this that doesn't know you, that doesn't know you as Savior yet, Father, that they, at this time, in this moment, God, would surrender their lives to you. And let me just say, if you're out there and you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, um, I don't even, maybe you even just stumbled across this video you weren't even necessarily meaning to, but you just watched anyways. But I just want to say this, that Jesus loves you so very much. He loves you so, so very much. He's got great grace for you, incredible mercy. And He wants to take all of your sin, all of your guilt, all of your shame. He wants to take it from you. And He wants to offer you freedom. He wants to offer you hope. And He wants to offer you new life. And so if you want to give your life to Jesus today, all it is is just your decision to say, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. And I would like to just pray with you real quickly. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Um, uh, it's not the prayer that gives you this fresh start with Jesus, but really it's just, um, it's just your decision to do this. But this prayer, though, is helping you start a conversation with the Savior, with your God who loves you dearly. So if you're out there, you can just repeat this after me. You can repeat it to yourself. You can repeat it out loud. It doesn't matter. But just say, Dear Jesus, today I decide to give you my life. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of every sinful thing I've done or will do. Teach me to be loved by you and teach me to love others the same way. And it's your name I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you guys for tuning in with us today or tuning in or hanging out, whatever it is, watching <laughs> online. We'll see you. We'll see. Hey, oh, please uh, send us an email and, and just let us know about anything that uh, maybe impacted you from the message. Or if you did pray that prayer with us, please let us know. Send us an email or fill out a form on our website, right? Take it easy, guys. Peace.